0: Welcome to Hopeful Conversations brought to you by Robbie's Hope Foundation. I am your host, Kari Eckert. Joining me today is Soli Fico, a senior at Golden High School here in the metro area of Denver. She is involved in a few clubs such as Sources of Strength and Student Council. And you enjoy hanging out with friends and family and spend your free time reading and writing. Mm-hmm. Soli, thank you for joining us and welcome to Hopeful Conversations.
1: Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. Um, this is so awesome. I was looking forward to this all week and um, I'm excited for today.
0: Wonderful. Let's go ahead and get started. We're going to talk about student burnout mm-hmm. and the pressure to overachieve. Perfect. <laughs> okay. So how do you unwind at the end of a stressful day?
1: Ooh, I My favorite thing is... Because when I, after school, I immediately get, like, I'm always driving back home in my car, um, whether that's alone with my brother, friends, family, um, I love to drive. And so when I drive, that's just kind of my time to reflect over the day and just take the time to breathe and relax. Um, so like, I like to focus on my energy into driving and just, like, getting back home, um, and that's one of my favorite ways to just, like, let out and unwind. And when I do get home, just take a breather, um, whether that's, and I might get some food, drink, whether that's tea, coffee, water, water, especially, um, get some snacks and just hang out for a bit and just make sure I'm ready to jump into the next thing. Good advice for others.
0: Mm -hmm. So learn behavior kind of sounds like a little bit too.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. So what helps you to recenter yourself when things get difficult at school?
1: Ooh, that's such a good question. (laughs) I it's so easy to be stressed out, um, at school, especially, um, with the more you take on. Um, there's a lot more that goes on, uh, whether that's through, you know, academics, athletics, extracurriculars, or the culmination of all of those things. Um, the easiest way for me to just, you know, not, well, the best way for me to just calm down, not be stressed out is to talk to someone. I, um, I'm chatty. I like to talk to people and, um, whether that's like a friend or a mentor, um, trusted adult, like a teacher in my in my school, I, I love to talk to people, and it really does help me, you know, feel more connected to you know the people around me. But I also feel grounded when I'm not the only one who feels like I'm all stuck in myself, and so I do like to talk to people when um, when it's necessary and when I do feel stressed out.
0: Very good. I'm so glad that you have that skill or that tool in your toolbox. Cause I I think
1: not all high schoolers have that. That's kind of, you had to learn Mm -hmm. that. Oh, absolutely. And it's underutilized too. I would say like, um, it's, it like, it's scary to speak up and that's absolutely like, that's, Mm. that's understandable. It's, it's hard to be vulnerable. And so when you can, when you can shed those layers and allow yourself to be there um, to be vulnerable to others, it's it's so rewarding and talking to people, again, that could be at school, outside of school, like a third person, like a therapist or a doctor, um, but to be vulnerable and to allow yourself to de-stress through conversation, that's um, it's one of my favorite things. I'm, I'm very glad that I get the opportunity to use that.
0: I'm he- hearing. I don't want to put words into your mouth, but maybe that it gets easier with experience, e- yes, expressing mm-hmm. and asking for help and confiding in other adults mm-hmm. and other people. Is that mm-hmm. true?
1: Yes, absolutely. And the more often you allow yourself to like shut off, well, not shut off a layer. That sounds that sounds weird when I say like that. But the more you allow yourself to be open and be honest and connect to the resources that you need, the easier it gets each time. Yeah. Like. um, if public speaking like the first time is always stressful but the more you do it the easier it gets and um you it's it's almost a routine too and i think starting is always the hardest part but once you start you're rolling and you're you can go from there how would
0: you define student burnout and could you tell others maybe to, what warning signs to be able to recognize in themselves or in a classmate mm-hmm. student burnout how would you define it
1: there's so many ways that people can be burnt out, uh, whether that's mentally, like emotionally, physically. Um, there's, there's so many ways you can be burnt out because there's, there's, it's very overstimulating, especially in today's world, um, both in school, outside of school. There's a lot of expectations, things going on. Um, but I would say student burnout is, you know, where you feel depleted. And that's a depletion beyond a fatigue. What has and- depleted me? Uh, depleted. It's like you're not, um, you're not fully there. You're not present, and you're trying to catch up and pick up the pieces, but you're doing it out of force in order to appear like you're present, rather than being present because you are present. And I think one of the one of the most, at least for me, the way I appear burnt out is if, because I'm normally chatty. I love to have conversation. I love to talk. If I become more quiet or more reserved. Or um, seem like I'm more in my world. That's one of like the number one sign for like my friends, family, um, mentors to notice that, like, hey, like, what's going on? Are you okay? Um, and like noticing like what's not normal for someone to do um, because it's it can be easy to be burnt out, and um, sometimes it's recognizable, sometimes it's not uh, more recognizable when it gets to a point where it's like, okay, like something needs to change, something needs to happen. Um, but I there's it's weird student burnout more common? I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but I, I was like thinking about that.
0: What percentage of students do you think have experienced student burnout? You're a senior, I but like over like, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade mm-hmm. at your high school, which is probably pretty typical of a lot of other high schools across the country. What percentage of students do you think have experienced burnout?
1: I feel like everybody in some way has experienced. Everybody. Burnout. Everybody, whether that's, whether you're taking all honors advanced classes or whether you're in like regular classes. I don't mean to say that no right? Way, but um, no Probably matter.
0: general ed would be yes. the real term. Yes,
1: thank you so much. Like whether, no matter what classes you're taking, what you're involved in, anybody has probably felt burnt out at some point. And some people can manage that more efficiently than others. And that is okay. Because that's something that you learn on um, how to uh, like manage burnout and how to come back from it. But um, especially like, like the more you take on, the more at risk you might be for burnout because there's just so much more going on. More on
0: your plate. Hmm.
1: Absolutely, but to uh, discredit somebody being um, stressed out or burnt out if they might not be doing as much as somebody else mm-hmm. is not necessarily fair because everybody can feel burnt out and everyone's entitled to saying like, "Hey, like, I need a break." Everything's are just a little crazy, and I appreciate yeah. how you
0: point that out. That it's mm-hmm. not just like. The top of the class, the not kids that are mm-hmm. super involved and mm-hmm. lots of extracurricular. Um, and burnout does it apply to more than just academics? Can oh, it apply absolutely. to like yeah.
1: mm-hmm. a absolutely. sport
0: or an extracurricular or just life in general as a teenager? Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. I I think burnout too. If it starts somewhere, it can spread out to other parts of your life as well. So yeah, it's absolutely not limited to academics. I feel like even burnout is very. Um, very much a mental and emotional, like fatigue. And whether that's through academics or through athletics extracurriculars, it goes so much beyond just the work that you're doing. And it can really, you know, affect the person who is burnt out or any of us in general.
0: It it affect us in a physical way, Mm -hmm. in a mental way. Absolutely. And then trickle into those around us Mm -hmm. because of the way that we're responding to our environment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have, do you think would you say that you have experienced? Oh, absolutely. What did that feel like?
1: I, I would say the most burnt out I felt was um, probably during my sophomore year. Um, this was when we were doing remote learning um, due to COVID-19 and um, when we were still doing lockdown for the pandemic um very I, difficult time yes it was a very difficult not just for me but for like a lot of other people as well everyone dare i say and i i felt so burned out during that entire year because you know i loved school i loved seeing people i loved you know being active being involved and you know to not be a part of the things i was normally doing or to have that limited in a sense i I felt more burnt out in the fact that I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do, but also that things were more difficult because they were different. Um, And having to adapt to the new system of learning, like going from um, in-person to remote learning, like that was difficult. And um, I know I'm not the first one or the only one who will say that. Um, But it definitely made things more tiring and being, you know, stuck at home or, Stuck in a much smaller bubble than you were in before. That's um, that's so easy to be worn worn down from. A lot of unknowns at that time. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, so, so much sophomore year.
0: What did you like? If you recognized that you were burned out, was there things that you did to try to put yourself in a better mental state, physical state
1: from that burnout? Mm-hmm. Things that worked for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially during my sophomore year. Um, I think because we couldn't talk to people in person. And Um, you said that that's something that helps you. Yes. Yeah. And that's like that's one of my number one things that I do to um, like revive myself. I would say Um, I would send emails to teachers. I would um, call my friends, um, check my friends, talk to my family because my family's at home with me. And um, I also learned to kind of like become more independent in a sense um, through adapting to that. Because, you know, when you're not with everybody else, you spend more time alone. And so you learn how to, like, find yourself through, um, you know, whether that's being in your room, like, being outside just by yourself, you become independent in a way through that. And you kind of learn more about yourself in those ways, too. So
0: that, was it scary at first?
1: It, yes, it's so scary. Like, self, like, inner self-reflection can be terrifying. Um, but it's so necessary to you know, take the time and... Because, like, you can worry about... You can wonder how everybody else is doing and care for everybody else, and that's awesome. But you also have to take care of yourself as well, too. And so that time to, you know, not even be independent, but to remind yourself and just just, just to check in with yourself every once in a while, that's so important. Mm-hmm. Do you think teenagers are good at that, that self-check-in? Or is that, like... I I feel like we know that it's important... But I feel like there's so, much, so many things distracting us from checking in with ourselves. Because, again, we live in a very overstimulating world. And, like, that's it's both awesome and terrifying. In Scary. Ways. Yeah. Yeah. Not terrifying. Scary is a much better way to put it. Well, it um, can be terrifying, too. Oh, yeah. yes. That's yeah. true. Time, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, you know, there's there's so much going on. And, you know, whether that's through, like, social media, like, there's so many ways you can trap yourself into these fossils, I would say whether that's social media or just like trying to distract yourself trying to push yourself further and further even though we may know it can be easy to forget or to distract ourselves away from being like okay I need to just calm down and be like am I okay what's going on and just make sure I am who I am right now or I am being myself and um it's funny because I read... Um, in one of my classes last year, we read this article called Nation of Wimps. Nation and of Wimps. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Nation of Wimps. Yeah, it was written in 2004. Okay, so I'm wow. Yeah, like almost like 18 years ago, right. I think. So were you born in 2004? I was born in 2004. Yeah. It's almost as old as me, actually. Yeah. And um, it was written on, I think, psychology.com. Or sure. Psychology Psy- Today. Yeah, Psychology Today is a great yes. resource. That's right, absolutely. And um, the author... Um, she was saying how, um, in today's current generation, um, how parents and children have such a weird or not weird relationship, such a different relationship compared to those of the past generations. Oh, sure. What, what did she say about it? So she was saying, um, for kids our age or in my generation, yeah. in Gen Z, Gen Z well, um, right? it's, we almost become, come to over rely on things around us. Um, whether that's our phones, like our parents, our friends, family, we come to over rely on them and forget to learn to build through ourselves. And so, in interesting. A way, I know it's very interesting. So in a way we're wimpy, quote unquote, but it's it's weird because, you know, we, we were talking about this article in class and we were arguing like, does that imply that we are wimpy or is there something else that is making us appear wimpy? And, I don't um, think your generation is wimpy at all. That's exactly what I was thinking. I think too. that's
0: really unfair from what I've learned from working with all of the teens of Robbie's hope. Mm-hmm. I feel you, like your generation is just like empowered. Mm-hmm. You tend to be very open-minded versus um, when I was a, your age like um, you're exposed to so much but you're able to filter it Mm -hmm.
1: and with such like grace for others no yeah and i appreciate that because like and that's the argument we made here too we were like so this is written from someone from an older if you will an older generation and every generation has differences similarities regardless and especially in today's age where you know the conversation of mental health and um suicide and really big vulnerable topics they're much more talked about they're much more you know prevalent and apparent in today's world and that's awesome so
0: great you Mm -hmm. used the word vulnerable
1: a little
0: bit ago like Mm -hmm. we're learning to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. I will tell you 30 years ago when I was in high school Mm -hmm. I was not vulnerable with my friends I was not vulnerable with my teachers Mm -hmm. and rarely was I vulnerable with my parents and like being vulnerable is beautiful. It's how we move together and how we're all we're human. It's how
1: we be authentic. Right. It's how we show who we are, whether that's you know, whether that's in person, verbally, through writing, through reading. There's there's so many ways you can express who you are. And again, on the topic of vulnerability just because we became more vulnerable doesn't necessarily mean we're wimpy. No. And that's kind of the discussion we had in my oh, class. Oh, I bet about... it was
0: fascinating. It I was wish fascinating. I could have been there to listen. Oh my gosh.
1: it's It was so fascinating. I, I loved that class so much. And um, we continued that conversation about that. Um, but the consensus, um, and it, it, it's all about argument. We're not discrediting the authors. No, um, and I, I was like, I kind of was thinking about her, like, you know i would say like parenting today mm-hmm. is really really difficult oh and it's so different too like i'm not a parent by all means by any means i am not a parent but it's parenting it has changed absolutely you and- use the
0: word like frightening and scary mm-hmm. being a parent right now has some fear to it mm-hmm. like we i think as adults we recognize that you as our young people and as our children as our offspring Parents only want the best for their children. Mm -hmm. And there's all, like you use the word stimuli. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of scariness in our world. And we want Mm -hmm. you to be happy, healthy, safe. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we want you to be successful. And that's where Mm -hmm. the overachieving and the um, burnout can come from. And how do we get you to that place together in a relationship?
1: Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And like, and again, like being vulnerable or being aware of the fact that we are burnt out over or trying to be perfect. Does not necessarily make any like me or anybody else in my generation a wimp? No. And it's different. And uh, again, we're not discrediting the author's no, article. I bet it was or... a great
0: conversation.
1: It was awesome, yeah.
0: Can we talk a little bit about overachievement from a mm-hmm. high schooler? I, um, I've um i put so much thought into mm-hmm. that. And I have I have a daughter who's 23 years old, so she mm-hmm. just graduated from college a year ago.
1: Awesome. Uh yeah <laughs> it,
0: it, just the expectations of being a young person. I know, like you're probably just finishing your college applications. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's it's been a bit of process, but it's we're a- we're
1: going one by one. We're doing it, we're doing it.
0: <laughs> so, but I mean, where does that overachievement or just that drive to I mean, just used just to use that word successful? Mm-hmm. And your, you know, opinion, your personality, your lived
1: experience. Can you talk to me about overachieving? it is easy to overachieve. Um, I think over, f- from what I've experienced, overachieving um, occurs as a result of competition. Um, and there's there's so much competition, whether that's getting into college or really wanting to have that job promotion. Um, there's, there's competition everywhere. And I don't know if that's because of today's society almost... Um, shining like putting the spotlight on those who've succeeded the most because they've bypassed their competition or they just had the highest ranks and stuff. Um but we I at least for me I tend to overachieve because I want to do better. I want to try to be the best that I can be. But there is a really there's a fine line between overachieving and doing what you can because it's you. Um, And, if like, overachieving, um, especially whether that's through, like, schoolwork. Academics. Yeah, especially academics. Like, whether that's writing more than what you need or Uh doing more work on the side. it's, It's so easy to become burnt out, especially through that. Because you might be, yes, you're putting in more work. And that could be an enlightening experience. And I've had enlightening experiences through that. But it can also you pu- you might be putting extra work just for the sake of competition too, just for that grade or for that promotion or for that recognition even, and so it's so incredible it's so incredibly easy to overachieve, and um and oftentimes that leads to burnout. Is that pressure to
0: overachieve? Do you usually um, attribute that to what your self drive is, or is it from society? Is it from parents is it from teachers where is that that will come from if you will
1: i think it's i think it's a really i think it's a mixture of all those variables um i think especially because ultimately like no matter how much like your parents or your teachers or society tells you what to do you are still making the decisions of what you want to do and how you want to put yourself forward And so in a way you have to learn how to balance yourself and whether you learn that through overachieving or through being burnt out, like you almost have to experience something to know what it's like to be in a better position. Like Mm. in order to know it's good, you almost have to go through what's bad. And, um, and I don't mean that like, Oh, you have to do the worst things in order to know what the best things are. Like, no,
0: I think you're wise by mm -hmm. making that statement. I mean, it's, A lived experience Mm -hmm. is very, very valuable. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the hard moments make us savour those good moments and want them more, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. It it gives so much more value to, you know, what is good for you, what's good for others, what is good in life. And like, I know through the way through I I, how I would overachieve is, um, I would do much more work that maybe either whether it was necessary, whether it wasn't, Um, I would just, I was not concise. I would try to go on and on and on about what I would do uh, or what I was trying to achieve and accomplish. And it, it takes a toll on you because you almost lose your goal. You almost lose your sense of like, I want to do this. I'm going to accomplish this. And it's very easy. It's very quick to lose that, unfortunately. Um, especially through overachieving. and that, in a way, like that helps me, you know, step back and realize, like, what am I doing? Like, this is something's different. I, I don't like this as much as I, I did before. I'm not finding as much passion or joy in this. Something has changed. And that's another thing you can recognize for burnout as well is if your passions change, if you dislike something more, like something more. Um, but it gives it gives more perspective. The more you experience, the more perspective you're going to get. And that can be through overachieving. And that could be through burnout, too. So despite how how much of a toll that burnout and overachieving can put on someone, it can also teach you a lot, too, in a a sense. It's weird. It's very ambiguous. It's like a gray space. Um, It's it's a weird relationship between those two.
0: Finding the balance. You used the word balance Mm -hmm. before. And Mm -hmm. that's a... It's hard to keep balance all of the time. Oh my gosh. Yes. We have highs and lows. We have times where we're overachieving and mm-hmm. we have the lows where we're feeling mm-hmm. burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll have to share with you. You're gonna have these your entire life. It's not just related oh, to your schoolwork. It's all, not yeah. um, you know, hopefully next year it seems like you're gonna be college bound. Mm-hmm. Um, these things persist even in the working world, whatever mm-hmm. field you choose to, you know, be able to go into. But having that self-reflection and that balance. I was reading a quote about um, competition this morning. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. And It was, it was actually really good to Russell Wilson, our quarterback. And mm-hmm. it was about, there's always going to be competition in this world, mm-hmm. yes. but there's room for all of us.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And
0: I thought that was kind of,
1: I liked that. That is very nice. Yeah. Cause I like with balance, like you're absolutely correct. Like there's no, like what, as you go through, like, there's never going to be like, I did it. Everything's great from this point now on. Like, life is unpredictable life's tumultuous and if, if you taking it day by literally taking it day by day and not setting a label or a finite um, cap on something you, uh, you open yourself more to those possibilities mm-hmm. and like okay like tomorrow could either be a really good day tomorrow could be a really bad day I have to go through that and navigate my way through that taking and, it day
0: by day mm-hmm. It's just not the way our society operates I know, by, by the most mm-hmm. part, but like that's where you can find your true like mm-hmm. self and your authenticity and being able to more react.
1: <sighs> no, absolutely. Yeah. And like, again, like overachieving, like overachieving too can be related to the big picture. Like it's um, the big picture is often how um, like, like I would see things or people would see things, but that's, it's just the big picture. There's so many small details that go behind it. And it's like you're planning an event. There's the, there's the balloons, there's the cake, there's the decorations. And then the big picture all of that put together. And so when you get those little details, when you, again, take it day by day, assignment by assignment, practice by practice, whatever um, implication of the metaphor, um, the big picture is at the end, despite it being the first thing that we see.
0: I like that. Oh my gosh. I like how you just painted that picture of like the cake <laughs> and the balloons. And I feel like, um, as a parent, like it's really hard in society. Like we start asking kids really in late elementary school mm-hmm. and in middle school, what are you going to be? Where are you going to oh go? Gosh, yes. And that big picture is like constantly like, so pushed upon you and Mm -hmm. like I feel like we have we do such a disservice to kids what does it even mean to be an engineer what does it even mean to be a you know some type of a scientist or a physician like all of these things that we start asking you at such Mm -hmm. a young age we always have that big picture versus the process in that Mm -hmm. day
1: no, absolutely. And it, it's so funny you bring that up because like with me doing my college applications right now, it's one of the most like common questions and it's understandable. Oh, is it like an essay question? Um, it's Yeah, like you'll find that often in like your essay prompts or um, when like you talk to people about like college, like a lot of people ask, so like, what do you want to do? Like, what's in your future? And it, it's cool. Like I, it, it's cool because like, oh yeah, I have this idea. And it, it's weird because like you said, like we start that so young, like, oh, you should Well, not should, but you should start knowing what you want to do by now. It's like, there's so much more room. There's years and years of life to live, of things to go through, of experiences to feel before you even get to that point of like, this is my life after college. This is what I want to pursue. This is what I want to continue. And so if you start focusing on that big picture early, it's nice to have an end goal in mind. But that it's hard. It's so much more of a burden to keep that as a final finalized end goal. Things change. Things
0: change. Yes. You grow up. I mm-hmm. get Ex- Ex- experiences mm-hmm.
1: exposed to different things. I just
0: feel like it's not fair to kids. And it's, mm-hmm. so, it's such a normal part of our society. Like, does that make a young person want to overachieve? Does mm-hmm. it cause burnout? You know, like I said, I'm going to be an engineer mm-hmm. when I was in eighth grade. And that's the path that I'm taking. Mm-hmm.
1: Different things come into that path. Yes. And it's like, it's almost too about accepting change, like accepting that things do occur and that's okay. And, you know, when you put, when you can recognize that and put yourself into that space, like, okay, these things, things are happening. Things are moving into whether whatever direction they're moving into. that that, that speaks so much more than what I can put into words. And it's awesome to see that put into action. Mm-hmm. So, so interesting. Well, it's no secret that high school
0: today is very, very different than when I went to high school. Almost. Mm-hmm. I think I did have my 30th class reunion. I don't think I know oh I nice. did. Um, I didn't <laughs> go awesome. sadly. I should have gone, oh, but like a completely different experience. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I want this from you to be able to say like, I, what? How would you explain high school today to our, like a listener to someone that isn't maybe an adult listener that isn't in high school, mm-hmm. um, and just the pressures and just what it's like, or in the good parts as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say high school. Um, it's not High School Musical. I can say that for sure. It's not <laughs> High School Musical. Oh, uh, Troy! I love <laughs> that movie. Troy and well, Man, they really missed us, didn't they? <laughs> and oh, I bet you
0: watched that when you were in elementary. Yes
1: like, oh, great. I'm going to be dancing around tables. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I say high school um, today is, it's an opportunity. The the biggest thing that, what it is, is it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity of opportunities. If there's layers and layers to not only what you can do in high school, but what you can get out of it. Like, yes, of course, there's it's typical for you know every high school to have its dramas, its cliques. Like that's typical. Every high school is going to have troubles because every everything um, has troubles. Nothing's perfect. Everything has flaws, and that is okay. That's a part of you know going through school or being alive in general. Um, but high school is just a bucket full of opportunities, and there's there's so many things that you can do, um, whether that's through your own intention or whether you're placed into a class or something that just occurs unexpectedly, you learn, you learn in high school through your academics. But you also learn through the people around you, your experiences, and the way that you connect everything together. And there's, it goes so much more beyond academics is what I can say. And I think, I think that's what's been becoming the, you know, general definition of high school now is, it's not, you don't go to school just to get good grades or just to get into college now you go to school to learn not only to through education but through people and how to grow into the person that you are and I I think it's just a bucket full of opportunities it's cool it's really cool to see where you can find yourself at
0: yeah I'm glad that you you paint it with a beautiful picture I think for (laughs) a lot of young people it's very stressful and I feel like I don't know but maybe high school now today Mm -hmm. in 2022 is more representative of what like my college experience was mm-hmm. academically, like with the pressures of like what we expect you to be able to learn and retain. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you're bringing in like all of these other connections and opportunities. Mm-hmm. Those are um, really, really good things.
1: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And there's, there's no doubt that there is stress present in high school, like stress is present everywhere.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, and that's, that's part of the process. Like as much as we would like to avoid that, we need that to grow. So we grow. Yeah. yeah.
0: We just said the same word at mm-hmm. the same time. Yes. Stress so, creates an opportunity us, for us <laughs> to grow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think sometimes we choose to avoid stress, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes we can sit in it and see that it allows us to grow as well. Absolutely. hmm can you like give your like insight about the correlation between overachieving, student burnout and just mental health of a young person? Is there a correlation? Is there a connection between the two?
1: I think I think there is a correlation, whether you can actually define that correlation, I'm not sure, cuz I feel like everybody's mental health process um, or their journey, um, and everybody's version of overachieving and being burnt out is different. I and so, absolutely agree. Yeah. And so like, yes, there is a correlation, like your mental health can be affected because you are burnt out and because of overachievement, mm-hmm. but you're, you can overachieve and be burnt out because of your mental health as well. It's, it goes many ways. It's weird. Um, and if I, if there was one specific correlation to put through it, I'd say is that like, you one can lead to the other or the other can lead to one. Cause again, there's nothing finite about that. There's so many, the experience is different for everybody. Um, But it's, it's important to the overall importance is that like, if you are being burnt, if you are burnt out, if your mental health is not where you would like it to be, then that is something that you deserve to, that that's something that you deserve to have to be changed and you deserve the access to resources uh, the access to anything that will help you better your state and your condition. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You deserve. I think you also, as regardless of age, like you, it's a self accountability mm-hmm. and a self responsibility to mm-hmm. be able to recognize. Um, it's certainly a learned behavior, mm-hmm. but to be able to recognize the highs and lows that you experience. And really to learn when you need to get someone else involved. Mm -hmm. When is this too much for me to handle on my own? Mm
1: -hmm. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Like how many resources are out there, but how little connection there are between people and those resources. Mm -hmm. I have, I have an awesome friend. She, she is, she and her and I were talking this year and we were she brought up to me she's like i think there's so many resources but a lot of people don't know that there's resources or that you can have access to these things and so she she's awesome she created a website and she was talking to people to get stories from others of how getting connected to a resource whether that's a therapist or a friend or a mentor how much that benefited that person in the long run and how you know it's okay to reach out. It's absolutely okay. Yeah, absolutely. We say
0: at Robbie's Hope, it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. But it's not okay to ask, not ask for help, if that's what you need. Mm-hmm. These resources, yeah. I think your generation is doing a nice job. We talked about Gen C. Mm-hmm. We talked about um, being wimpy, which I don't think that you are. Often I find, <laughs> yeah, often I find that there's a disconnect between adults and young people and mental health, mm-hmm. um, kind of a misunderstanding. And I feel like some changes have occurred because of COVID. Mm-hmm. We've
1: learned that everyone has mental health. Oh, everybody. Everyone's human. Everyone's yeah. living. Like, it, it's it's a part of all of us. And like you said, it's cool to see how, like, you know, adults and children, like, we can still relate in the fact that we can be stressed out and we can feel like things are not going well. And like you said, like, COVID really shed that light on That topic, because you know, like the two thousand four article "Nation of Wimps," like that was written eighteen years ago,
0: yeah.
1: And to today's age is so different from what it was eighteen years ago. And so, like things have changed, and it's cool to see that recognition being put where it deserves to be at, and to see how you know we're growing in a positive in a positive
0: way absolutely Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah about 20 percent of our population
0: all age groups all Mm -hmm. demographics has a diagnosable mental illness that's what Mm -hmm. statistics will show us Mm -hmm. and that really hasn't changed over time prior to covid or post-covid um but we all have mental health and most of us can do a better job taking care of our mental and i feel like we can learn from your generation um, have you experienced an adult that has either been supportive or not supportive?
1: Yes. You don't have to name
0: the adult, um, but can you explain maybe what that is? Let's start with an adult that maybe was not supportive of you expressing your needs.
1: I, I'm i very fortunate because I have not met very many non-supportive adults. Good, good. I'm, I'm very grateful for the community and um, environment that I live in, that I spend my days in. Um, because there's not very many of those people who are not supportive.
0: I'm sure and, they're there, but I'm glad. Oh, you're- they're there. Yeah, of course they're there. Yeah, but
1: um, it's because they too, like when I, when I talk with my friends or when I hear their stories, when yeah. I listen to their stories, um, they'll tell me about, you know, their experiences, whether that's with adults or other kids, their age or anybody else in general, it's, it's unbelievable how just a, like a, like a lack of support from somebody else can really contribute to, a decline within oneself yes. or a lack of like stability within oneself um but like hearing others and listening to what they have to say about you know the adults in their lives who have been not supportive or you know lacking in you know empathy I guess you could say
0: absolutely
1: it's unbelievable how much that does affect others I can see you like your body language,
0: um, how (laughs) like you're internalizing that, how hard that is for you. I'm so grateful that you have a supportive adult community and friend community, but I can see like you're as you're explaining that 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 hurts to think mm -hmm. that there's people that don't have and how that Mm -hmm. don't have support.
1: No, it's it hurts whether whether it's because you've experienced it or because you've seen it it hurts to see others struggle when they don't have to struggle. Yeah. To see others burned out when they don't have to be burned out. To see others overachieving, they don't need to be overachieving. And yeah, like, yeah, there's going to be times where like, like we're burned out, we overachieve, but there's also gonna be times where we are, but we don't need to be. And it's, it's surprising to how often that does occur where like, oh, we're burnt out, we're overachieving when we don't need to be. Mm-hmm. And that can, whether that's a lack of support from others or support within ourselves and that's something you want to avoid and that's something you learn from and you become stronger through learning from that um but adults that I, i'm so grateful Do you want I'm to so... talk about the positive yeah, adults sure. that you've had in your life yeah sure i i'm very grateful for the um the people that i've had in my life um, i'm very fortunate to have them here um i have you know i have trusted adults trusted people everywhere like with that's their friends family like it's funny because like you can go to different people for different things yes, like and yes. that's okay like you might be able to tell your you know your parent if your parent is your trusted adult you might be able to tell them something but not tell your friend something and that's okay and vice versa it's very much okay
0: Absolutely. do you think your generation feels that way or do young people feel like their trusted adult has to be their parent
1: i i don't think um i think from who like who i know and um I don't think we think that our trusted adult has to be our parent. It's if, it, if that's your parent, that's awesome. That's your trusted adult. That's your mentor. Um, it can literally be anybody. It can For me, it's actually some of my English teachers. Um, they, they're my trusted adults. They know they're my trusted adults. Um, um, okay. And I, I'm very grateful for their support. They've helped me to be more vulnerable, to be more authentic and to avoid that burnout. And, you know, Having somebody there to help you with that. There's another quote, actually. Um, unfortunately, I forget the author, but it's called No Man is an Island. Okay, um, Everyone's like part of the continent. And so like whether you're trying to figure out something alone just to have support there, you're, you don't have to be alone either in this process. You can have somebody there, um, whether that's me for my English teachers or through my friends, family, or anybody for their trusted adults to have somebody else there to go through that journey with you makes it all that more powerful, makes it all that more meaningful. And you can share that. No
0: man is an island. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would encourage our listeners. I think our Mm -hmm. school system has done a really good job of Mm -hmm. teaching young people to identify who their trusted adult is. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that that can change over time. It may not always be your English Mm -hmm. teachers. I'm grateful that it is now. But I think identifying who that trusted adult is prior to needing them Mm -hmm. is really, really important. Absolutely. Um, And I would encourage the parents listening. Mm -hmm. um, This is a hard one. Um, As a parent, we always, you know, we would we want to have our child think of us as a trusted adult. Mm -hmm. Um, Oftentimes, we aren't your trusted adult. And allowing our child to know that I don't have to be your trusted adult. I know that you still love me. I know that our relationship is still um, authentic and good Mm -hmm. and valuable. Um, But knowing that you can go to someone else if I'm not that person that you feel Mm -hmm. comfortable talking about whether it be this topic or not. I love how you said that yeah. I have d- you know, different adults for different things. I mm-hmm. think that's, Absolutely. that's super, super wise. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Cause you don't have to go to just one person. Like, like you said, like you can go to your parents for one thing or your friends for another. And, um, and it's, it's not, like you said, it's not something to take insult to or offense right. to because like everybody has different people that they feel comfortable with in certain situations and stuff. And that's not to discredit anybody being a parent. No. Cause I'm not a parent. I know. I don't know the first thing about being a parent, um, but we, we do like, I appreciate my parents for all they've done for me, whether, whether that's through growing up or in my life, I appreciate all that they've done for me, even if I don't go to them for all of my troubles or all of my conflicts. Um, but they still regardless have a place in my life because of what they've done Absolutely. and the fact that they're my parents and, uh, this is a shout out to my parents. I love them very much. Um, and I'm, I'm just grateful to have, you know, them and my trust. I'm sure they are very
0: life. grateful to have you as their child <laughs> and they are very proud of you. You're a um, wise young person that's mm-hmm. going to take yourself very far. I can tell. <laughs> so you. I have two more questions for you. <laughs> What advice would you give to a student that feels like they are putting too much pressure on themselves and potentially reaching burnout? Mm
1: -hmm. I think literally stepping back, literally bringing yourself back and to see what is going on in front of you, to see what you've been doing. Because realization, realizing that you've been doing something is the first step. Um, And once you can realize that, then you can go from there. Um, and like, like I said, it's so easy to be distracted. It's so easy to get caught in, you know, a rhythm or a trance of what's going and just go with it, even if it might be harmful to you, but to literally step back to pause and just think, okay, is this right? Is this who I am? Is this okay? How is this affecting me? Like you can ask, how is this affecting others? But how is this affecting me is the more important question for yourself. And, um, like for me, when I get all caught up, it's literally like stopping and just thinking about like what's going on. Well, I also, I'll write down, I'll write out often, like what's on my mind or something like that. Um, cause that's another way I like to, um, process. Absolutely. Yeah. If I don't have the option to talk to people, which okay. I do love to talk to people, but I love to write journaling type. Yeah. To like, like not like categorize, but to, to step back and Almost sort yourself out in however way you can do that. Stepping
0: back, pausing, Mm -hmm. sorting, and asking, how is this Mm -hmm. affecting me?
1: Mm -hmm. How is it affecting me and how can I reach out? If it's affecting me in a way that might be more dangerous.
0: That I don't like or Mm -hmm. that I don't want to continue.
1: Yeah. That's good advice.
0: Okay, we always wrap up our podcast with the same question and this you can t- take this question however you would like. What does the world need to hear right now?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. Oh my gosh. There's a lot of things the world needs to hear. I feel like I feel like rather than hearing, the world needs to listen. Because you can you can hear something but you might not understand it if you're not listening. And so when you can take that moment to listen, um, whether that's, you know, listening to yourself or listening to somebody else, um, it's a, there's an effort, there's a conscious effort that goes behind it, mm-hmm. but that effort goes so far. And yes, like we can hear, there's a lot of things that we can hear, but if you can listen, that's where you'll find what, that's where you'll find the beauty in life. That's where you find those troubles. Where you find the beauty, and that's how you create empathy, and that's how you create an understanding of others, but also yourself too.
0: It's really beautiful. I just listened to everything <laughs> that you said, and I kind of, <laughs> I got shivers because that's <laughs> just like really, really
1: <laughs>
0: simply beautiful. Thank you. We can listen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Solely, thank you so much for being my guest today. Oh, thank I'm you for having Super grateful me on. that you spent time with us. I think this <laughs> conversation is going to be insightful. Um, And to our listeners, I say tune in next time to hopeful conversations and remember, hold on pain ends. Mm -hmm.